Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to a new episode of TV Gold. This week we're looking at Hijack on Apple TV Plus, Gold Diggers coming to the ABC, and No Escape on Paramount Plus. Andrew Mercado, welcome back. I think we'll start with the possibly the biggest show of the three main uh, reviews this week, Hijack. Yeah, this is the new uh, series that's begun on Apple TV Plus, starring Idris Elba. I mean, the title is a bit of, bit of a giveaway, but you know, I, I couldn't help when I started watching it because the whole thing is told in real time on this flight from, I think it's Abu Dhabi to London, seven hours, so seven one-hour episodes moving in real time. So I couldn't help thinking that it was a cross between 24 and all of those great disaster movies I used to watch in the 70s uh, in the airport franchise. There was Airport 1975 and Airport 77, and then the it all sort of crashed spectacularly with a terrible film called Airport 80, The Concord. But those first three airport films, uh, you know, I got that real vibe. There's something about being on a plane and meeting all the characters like your classic disaster film setup, um, and then something goes wrong on the plane and, and off we go. I was pretty much hooked from the first episode. Yeah, look, I did enjoy it. I got into it. Um, I loved the whole uh Kingdom Airlines um, they created for this KA Flight 29. I really enjoyed that. But for me, look, real time is the – it stops me from being able to criticise it for being too drawn out (laughs) because you can't really – if they say, okay, we've made it in real time, okay, well, it's got to be that long, I guess. But for me, it was just a little bit – there was too many of those early episodes not – a lot happened. If you'd missed an episode or two, it wouldn't really have made much difference. There wasn't a lot of plot advancement, I didn't think. Well, I thought that there was a lot of stuff because there's all these storylines going on on the ground as well. I mean, you've got Eve Miles playing uh, an air traffic controller who figures out something uh, is going down. You've got Archie Panjabi, uh, who's playing one of the the government officials, uh, you know, having to advise the government what was going on. Um, Max Beasley, uh, as a detective inspector who has a very personal link to uh, one of the, the, to the Idris Elba character that's on board. Look, Episode three for me, I mean, you know, episode three was just so gripping. I've watched five of them now and uh, I'm pretty much waiting to clear my schedule. And for the moment I sit in front of a TV, I'm watching the last two episodes. I'm really, really in it and loving it that, you know, it's there's a psychological side to this. I mean, Idris Elba's character is playing this very interesting role where at one stage he actually maybe has uh, the power to stop this incident, but he doesn't proceed with that step because he's worried about causing unnecessary death and he's trying to psychologically out with the hijackers and putting himself into their shoes. And I just think it's uh, fascinating. I reckon it's a real nail-biter. 
Yeah, look, I've been into it enough to have watched them all, right? I, I Have you watched I, them all? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want to stop because I did want to find out how it ends. Yeah. And there's no spoilers, but it's I enjoyed the ending, although it doesn't end maybe as you would perhaps expect it to. So there's there's enough there to keep you going right until the end. But you mentioned about what happens on the ground. That for me is actually more interesting than what's happening up on the plane. Yeah, I enjoy that backstory. You eventually find out what the hijackers want, why they've done this. Yeah, creates a whole little sub story as well. And I, I just like the air traffic controller um, part of it, and I quite enjoyed that. Um, but for me, look, a lot of people seem to be losing their mind over this about how brilliant it is. But for me, I think that's partly because Idris Elba's finally made something else we can watch. <laughs> He's a much hyped actor, um, Luther, of course. Um, but I, for me, most of his work is just projects I just don't really care about. Things, are, movies, um, TV shows that just really don't don't cut it for me. So it's good to see him in something that he can really, you know, um, do some good work in. Yeah, look, he's. I, I wouldn't describe myself as an Idris Elba fan. I don't watch shows just because he's in it. But, you know, he's certainly got a presence that's making him the perfect guy to kind of anchor and be the lead actor in this. And there's one other thing I want to say about this. The captain of the uh, airplane in this one, as played by Ben Miles, he behaves in a way that is that would have been unthinkable in the airport movies of the 70s. I mean, back then you had, you know, pilots captaining the plane who, you know, were honourable guys. Um, this guy in the first episode does something so shocking. So, you know, I like it that it it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a genre show, but there are always surprises to be had in each episode. And, uh, yeah, the fact that you've watched all seven, James, uh, tells me a lot. <laughs> oh yeah look i'm not dissing it I, I i did enjoy it you know but for me there were a little few reservations i had about it but look no it's definitely worth a watch for sure yeah i look like you i love ben miles the pilot um it was also peter townsend in the crown yeah perfumo in the trial of christine keeler so he's got yeah. a few really nice pieces of work he's done. Um, I didn't know a lot about the other Archie Punjabi, of course. Yeah, everybody knows her from The Good Wife. Correct. Um, I didn't know a lot of the other cast. The, the lead sort of hijacker is Neil Maskell, who I haven't seen much of his other stuff. I think he played Winston Churchill briefly in Peaky Blinders, but I don't know much of his other work. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not overly well known to me. And you know, I had to uh look up who uh Eve Miles was. I mean, I I was looking at her going, I know, I know, I know I've watched you in a British show and I'm probably thinking of Keeping Faith when I look at uh the show she's made. I watched the first series of that. Um really great. Uh yeah, look, I just thought, I mean there there are some I know what you're saying about people losing their minds over this. I, I'm told that Sarah Ferguson uh, on 7.30 interviewed Idris, Idris Elba and told him that she had binged all seven episodes in one day in preparation for the interview. So I'd call her a super fan. Um, I'd 
think I'd call uh, David Knox from TV Tonight a super fan. I think he gave it a four and a half star review. Um, so, yeah, there are some people that are absolutely loving this. And I certainly know that, you know, I watch a lot of TV, James, as, as you do. And sometimes I get really distracted. It's on and I go, oh, I'm just going to check something on my computer and I'm only half watching it. I haven't done that with Hijack. It's it's held my attention 100% and there's not a lot of shows that don't have me reaching for something else to do. Yeah, no, it's cleverly put together. Uh, seven episodes, it's up now. Apple TV Plus, it's it's good to return to form to then something else for me to watch on the platform. Um, so yeah, that that's that's really good. I, I mean, look, I I certainly recommend it for sure. Yeah. Um, let's go to something um, Australian. We had an all Aussie episode last week. We've got a another show this week. It's it's a strange one though, isn't it? It's sort of a a comedy set in the um in the gold fields back in the gold rush. Yeah, it's out there. And I've also got to say, James, what is it with the ABC screening three sitcoms at the same time, three Australian sitcoms at the same time? Yeah, well, whatever happened to spacing them out? I'm not quite sure that an audience is ready to be following three sitcoms at once. I mean, we've got Utopia doing, you know, million-plus audiences on the ABC. We've got Catherine Tate's Queen of Oz, which began last week, and you can binge all episodes on iView, and maybe people have already watched them. I know I've been loving that. And now we've also got Gold Diggers, and I've watched two episodes of Gold Diggers so far. And I'm I'm really enjoying it, James. You've got uh, Claire Lovering, who was in North Shore. She was uh, the sister uh, of the wife of the British detective. Um, she played a very dramatic role in that. Uh, she's very funny playing Gert, one of the sisters in this. And then she's got um, her younger sister, who's played by uh, Danielle Walker, uh, who is one of the comedians that we see on Taskmaster Australia. And they're these two sisters that have gone to the goldfields to try to find themselves rich husbands. But James, the standout scene-stealing performance in this is Megan Wilding playing a character called Fran who lives in a mansion. She's married well, and she speaks in a French accent, but it's all put on because as the sisters say, and I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember the exact line. I shouldn't should have written it down, but they say something like, um, can you believe that she's passing herself off as um, being born in France, she was voted the biggest mole in Parramatta for three years running. I mean, it's funny. And her performance bunging on this French accent while also eye acting at the sisters like, if you, you know, reveal who I really am, I will destroy you. I think it's one of the funniest things I've seen on TV this year. So uh, you've also got Eddie Perfect um, being the bartender. Uh, I saw in the trailer for episode three, Lincoln Yowns coming in as a bush ranger. I'm loving it and I will be watching it all. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's um, created by Jack Yabsley, who's built a career sort of behind the camera for himself after starting out as a presenter on, I think it was Saturday Disney, that Saturday morning show on on the Seven Network yep. years ago. I think he he's also directed one series of Gogglebox Australia. 
Um, but he's he's created this this little series. He's one of the writers as well. I guess they might have had some sort of writer's room, I think, because he's got seven co-writers who worked on the show. And Yabsley said he's he set this he set it in a village called Dead Horse Gap, which he calls a place full of hopers, dreamers, boozers, and losers. <laughs> and, uh, his two character, his two lead characters, the sisters that you mentioned, are two people tired of the life they have been dealt. Yeah, and they've also they're also on the run. They've done something a bit dodgy. Uh, they're on the run, so serious. So obviously, we're going to uh, return to that. The, the the they wouldn't be mentioning that if their past wasn't going to catch up with them at some point. Sure. Yeah. Look. Um. Yeah. Claire Lovering and Danielle Walker. Both uh, Claire Lovering has had so many roles recently. She's really sort of the flavour of the month. I'm glad you mentioned North Shore because she's also in Class of 07 and Well Mania, which we didn't think worked quite as well as um, we would have liked. But we, yeah. certainly, we certainly don't point the finger at her for that. Um, Danielle Walk was also in Get Kraken, I think, too. You mentioned Eddie Perfect. Uh, Michaela Bennett. Bannis is in this as well. Yeah. And, and we should also point out um, there's also a group of uh, Indigenous characters in this with um, Aaron McGrath in there. It's very funny. At one stage they go to this kind of doof doof rave down by the creek uh, with them playing violins and uh, doing the kind of folk music. But it's very funny. It's kind of taking today's humour but putting it back into the goldfields. And, yeah, it's it's very, very funny, I reckon. Yeah, it ticks a box for me too. In either a, a, a drama set in Australia's past, like a, a way back, not just in the you know the seventies or the sixties. Yeah, it goes way back. I don't think we really explore enough of our our past um, as we could. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, eight episodes. Uh, look, I'm not sure how much of a market there is. For for a, for a comedy, as you say, three on at once is going to be a big ask. It's a big from, ask from audiences for sure. Yeah, uh, Heather Mitchell also crops up in this, I think, too. I wow, lovely! She was in that first episode, though, was she? Yeah, no, not there, and certainly not in the first two or three. I don't reckon. Yeah, and interesting, the sort of production partners in this comes from Kojo Studios, which is based out of Adelaide. Um, and in, they're in partnership with Stampede Ventures, which I think is some sort of uh, financing firm out of the US. And they've also got CBS Studios in there as a partner. Oh. They've all made it for ABC Australia. So it's a real melting pot of um, companies coming together. One would wonder if CBS Studios are involved, if they're thinking about putting this onto Paramount Plus overseas um, to try and get it some international distribution, you know, because a lot of ABC shows seem to be ending up on Netflix, but uh, the CBS in this might push it more in the direction of Paramount. Yes, yeah. But, yeah, look, you're right. I, I did enjoy it for the for, – it is very funny. It's very witty. It's a great script. Yeah. There's lots of fruity language, which <laughs> – which really helps it along. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's a lot to like about it for sure. So Gold Diggers, eight episodes on ABC and iView. I'm not sure if they're dropping them all at once on iView, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do. That's what they've been doing more recently. 
I think they get, I think they understand, and this might be their thinking that maybe, uh, you know, Utopia is a week by week show, but I'm pretty sure that fans of Catherine Tate would have eaten up Queen of Oz in one weekend. You know, they would have just watched it from beginning to end. So maybe their time is free. Um, and I would suspect that gold diggers, they would put all of the episodes up there to binge because it's a funny show. And once you're in the mood for it and you start watching one, you want to watch another one. And I think the, I think the ABC and I, you get that in terms of what they decide to put everything up on on there and which ones they decide to make week by week. Yeah, and it's um, coming July 5, and I think the they've realised that short episodes, I mean, for me, it, my watching at home, it's often good to a short episode can maybe while you're eating or having a meal or something, you, and you can't commit for a long time. You can power through a few short episodes before you get into your longer dramas. Yeah, yeah. So there is a place for, for that time length. Look, our third major uh, review this week, No Escape, coming to Paramount Plus, seven episodes, um, launching on July 9. This one's already gone out in the UK, Canada and a few other markets back in May, but we, we're going to get a look at it. It's based on a book by Lucy Clark. Uh, it was originally published as The Blue, I think, which is actually the name of the boat in this series. Yeah. They've reissued it as No Escape to coincide with this. Uh, she's an interesting character, Lucy Clark. She, uh, an author, she writes in a genre they call destination thrillers. <laughs> and she's certainly done a good job of, of painting an interesting destination in this. And I, I was really quite spellbound by this one. I've got to say, I wasn't expecting it. Well, of course, what really attracted me to No Escape was the fact that it's got an Aussie cast, you know, with some of my favourite Aussie actors in it. I mean, you just have to tell me Susie Porter's in something and I'm there. Um, we've also got the great Sean Keenan in here as uh, one of the uh, deckhands on the boat. Jay Ryan as the yacht captain um back on land uh i can see that gary sweet's going to be in some episodes and luby so there's very much an australian cast element to this although it appears to be a british production that was filmed uh mainly in thailand although it does look to me like they might have done some on location filming in townsville um i haven't been to townsville for a few years but that uh marina um and uh the the stuff that took place outside the restaurant that did look to me like it wasn't thailand pretending to be australia it did look to me like it was townsville sure yeah look this is really really interesting it's um from um a melbourne-based writer and producer um now uh chris i think it's Merxer is how you pronounce his name right uh, he did white house farm which you might remember yeah one of my all-time favorite dramas over the last few years i think he was a writer and executive producer on that um one of the directors on this hans herberts and kasia adamic uh, shared director's credits but hans worked on the uh charles Sabraj story the serpent which was another one of my favourite shows. Oh, my so, God, yeah, the Netflix series. Yeah, so this has already got two big ticks for me from, from those creators involved. And for me, they really built a bit of a vibe that I enjoyed in The in the Serpent about this sort of this casual lifestyle that these sort of 
travelers get into if you like and they they go to exotic places and they sort of just chill out <laughs> and don't do much and they get into the local lifestyle a little bit they you know they're sort of backpackers or one step up from backpackers if you like they they might do a bit of work when they're in the an exotic location but the the other big attraction for me was uh abigail laurie who plays lana who's probably really the star of this or she's a co-star if you like but uh, best known to me is she's a relative newcomer, but she played Tim Roth's daughter in Tin Star. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, which was a really tricky role for someone who hadn't done a lot of work. I've I've only watched the first season of that. I think there might be two other seasons. I, it's definitely on my list to do, but I haven't got there yet. But she was great in that. But she's really, I've really sort of something hypnotic about her in this. She sort of she's an adventure traveler with who dabbles in petty crime as well so she you know she's not up for she might pick a pocket to help her get out of a tight situation or or slip some jewelry into a pocket if she's somewhere at someone visiting someone and she's sees some nice stuff they've got um and that great scenes in that first episode where um Susie Porter, who you mentioned, is playing a, a an Aussie police inspector and wants to interview her about the people on this yacht because the the episode starts with a, a an abandoned yacht just yeah. sort of floating in the ocean, and there's a a chopper crew come out to sort of investigate and look for signs of life, but there's there's no one at all on the boat, and then the uh, the action moves to sort of uh, Townsville, as you mentioned, and. Uh, they they realised that um, Abigail Laurie, who plays Lana, was a passenger on the boat, so they're trying to piece together what exactly happened. And there's a sort of a series of flashbacks that that take us on the how she first got onto the boat and um, the people, the sort of the the group of people on the, the yacht, and they were travelling around the Philippines, and it's um it's just started to grow on me, and I I really like it. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that the serpent was also a story about backpackers. Uh, the difference for me was that, I don't know, maybe because they were about to be, you know, brutally killed in the serpent, the backpackers were likable. Um, my, my problem with no escape um, is that I really didn't like the characters. I thought those kind of, that kind of petty crime of, you know, stealing money, using someone else's credit cards, stealing wallets. And I was like, sorry, am, am I meant to like you girls? They just came across as brats to me. And so I don't, I don't know that I've got that at attachment to it the way that you do. I watched the first episode and just went, I, I don't, I'm not even rushing to watch the second episode. The only part I really liked about it was, uh, Susie Porter as the cop uh, investigating it um but the stuff on the boat was really leaving me a bit cold and i just kind of thought i don't know that i care enough about these characters to stick with no escape the whole time i don't know it's obviously it's available here on paramount plus i don't know whether they're streaming it week by week uh and and doing the old school way of it but yeah i, I struggled with it james i don't know that i'm going to keep watching it yeah, but um, um, let me ask you this, though. But have we got to like them? I mean, you don't have to like them, do you? I mean, well, no, you don't, but it's like you've got to be able to care about them. And these two girls, I just kind of went, you know, they're 
they, 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 they were playing a dangerous game. They've got themselves in trouble. Clearly something's gone horribly wrong. And it's kind of like, well, you know, what did you expect when you're stealing things all the time and on the lamb? So, yeah, I just don't know that I'm that interested in finding out what's what's happened. I know there's a deserted boat floating around there. Um, I don't know. It'll depend how many episodes is it going to take to figure this out because, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I wasn't taken by it. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, no, I, that, that, I found that intriguing, you know, and I, I don't really care if I – if they're sort of nasty, petty crims, I mean, yeah, of course I don't endorse that sort of behaviour. <laughs> yeah. I, I, as someone who's been the victim of petty crims yourself, yeah, you know, who's, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. going but, on holidays and having someone lift something out of your bag, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah, certainly not something I condone or <laughs> encourage. But you know, I just found that intriguing. I'm really interested to know, and then. Part of me really likes seeing that um, that semi hippie lifestyle, if you like, on the people on the road. You know how they, because there's a real community that around the world. I'm not saying they're all criminals, but but that that who just go to exotic places and just you know find ways to live on not much money, and they're sort of they don't have um, you know hang ups about security or, or or the stage of their life they're not worried about building superannuation or yeah you know about retirement they're just living in the moment you know and there's just the the you know sean keenan's great in that sort of laid-back dude on the boat you know sculling beers at night as they chat you know and you know they come across another abandoned boat and they want to go up and find out what's happening there so no just i i, I really enjoyed that and just as I say, that whole vibe that the, the you know that the uh, creators got that I that really got me into the serpent as well. Well, this one's for you, James. You can uh, <laughs> when you get to the end and find out what's happened. You can tell me whether or not it's got a great payoff and it's worth uh, worth watching them all because I'm out for now. Unless you all come right. circle back to it in a few weeks' time and tell me it was a really great conclusion. Oh, I, I, I will report back on that one for sure. Um, that leads me on to the program of the week, and I'm possibly going to not surprise you, but I'm just going to go for No Escape. I wow. Just, I just really like it, um, even though I've still only seen that first episode um, and I've finished Hijack, you know, but at the promise of the anticipation of what I might be getting in No Escape, much the same way as I chose the idol a few weeks ago. It just just encourages me that they, you know, I'm really intrigued about what will happen. Well, it's uh, it's tough for me for show of the week because I mean I loved Hijack and I loved Gold Diggers, but if I get pushed uh, between those two genres, I mean we get so much drama that's got you stressed out and being on the edge. Uh, I, I can't go past a comedy that makes me laugh out loud, and Gold Diggers made me laugh. So Gold Diggers is my show of the week, but a really, really close uh, finish at the finish line with Hijack is right up there. I think Hijack is could well be one of the best dramas of the year. Okay, good stuff. The um, Now, a few things to finish up with. Now, we talked about getting to the end of episodes. I can report I finally made it to the end of Fatal Attraction. It, oh, uh, yes. It took me a while. Um, but I was watching because I love Joshua Jackson. I quite like yeah. Kaplan. 
but look, it, it wasn't brilliant. It was okay, but very confusing final episode. Um, oh no! Are they were they trying to set it up for a second series? Do you think? Oh, I'm not sure. I just, uh, just sort of, you know, I stuck with it, and um, well, actually, there was a bit of a gap, so I had to do a bit of a refresher because when you watch a lot of TV, things start to blur. So I did a bit of a refresher, and I got into it. But there, I was just there was a couple of really nice cliffhangers along the way which kept me going, you know, but then I was just disappointed in that final episode. And, and can I say, flashback ep epidemic, you know? I mean, look, people, this is getting out of hand in these shows. There are just too many flashbacks going on. Yeah. You know? Trying to trying to tell the storyline in a in a far in a clever way. But when you're bouncing back and forth, it does become very confusing. Yeah. And look, Joshua Jackson didn't look any different in in the flashback and in the current day, <laughs> you know, it was, and it was literally you didn't know sometimes what you were watching. You had to work it out. I was, is this just happening today, or is this going back a few years? So people get a grip, you know. Let's let's just um, cut back on the flashbacks and just keep it nice and simple for the viewers. I think. You know, the other thing that I would say there, uh, cut back on the flashbacks, cut back on the dream sequences too, <laughs> you know, where a character, something's happening and you're thinking, oh, my God, and then it just flashes and, and you see, oh, the person's just thinking that they'd like to do that. I mean, they do it in daytime soaps all the time and I can pretty much see it coming, but, you know, I'm sticking with um, based on a true story, which is the, you know, the serial killer podcast drama and and they're doing a lot of this kind of the serial killer will kill people in the most violent gory graphic ways and then snap back and it, oh he's just wanting to do that in his head and it's like wow we talk about the fact that this show is kind of only murders in the building but with more gore and, and my god the killings they are doing in this show and you don't see them coming either some of them happen yeah. So quickly, you, you don't even get a chance to turn away. You see it all. And it's so gory. But, yeah, that's that's a, a, a trick that's becoming a little bit overused as well. What a character imagining something and then it, it hasn't really happened. Sure. Two other quick things from me. I started Rough Diamonds on Netflix, which is, tells the story of Jewish um, diamond traders in, um, in, it's not Amsterdam, what's the um, the big city? Is it? Anyway, in um, the Netherlands, right? Uh, and look, it's, it's set up. It's a, a Jewish family. It's a a family company buy and sell diamonds. One of the sons gets a bit out of depth in into and has a few bad trades, and that's sort of it. Promises it'll be interesting to watch how they manage to get out of that. Um, it's a very orthodox family, so there's a lot of that involved in it too. But by that second episode, I was thinking, uh, do I really want to watch this? So I don't think I'm going back. But it was sort of an interesting premise, so it might be worth checking out if you think it might be interesting. And, look, I just want to stick up again for The Idol. Um, I've I've caught up to date. I've watched four episodes. Um, gee, episode four was pretty amazing. If Troy Savan for for nothing else, what he went through in that fourth episode. He was really the star and the scene stealer in that one. Yeah. Um, and it's a fascinating subplot of how the the record label run by Jane Adams 
when they found um, Jocelyn, the superstar, difficult to work with, they sort of sneakily had a plan B. They found someone else who they could promote. So it's, it's a, I found it a really interesting um, look at the mechanics of the music industry and how brutal it can be. Um, yeah. You know, while they pander to stars on one hand, the other side of it is about there's a, they're really concerned about the business model and how they can um, generate profits. So that, that's all from me. Well, that's the most imp- interesting part of the show too because the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. nastiness with uh, the character played by The weekend. I'm, I'm not oh, – yeah. well, I mean, I'm watching it, but, oh, God, I, I can't. He takes um, it to a new level, doesn't he, in that? Yeah. Episode, uh, something yeah. I've been checking out, James, on Netflix is The Days, which is a Japanese TV series about what happened when that the tsunami hit the okay. uh, nuclear power station in Fukushima. Um, Japanese TV series subtitles, so I'm working my way through that. Pretty amazing if you like me and you like uh, disaster series. You know, you can't beat a real-life disaster. <laughs> okay, so tell us again that one. That's on Netflix. That's uh, the days on Netflix. Okay, well, someone was on a train and went through Fukushima just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I remember looking out the window and thinking, "This is probably one stop I don't want to get off at." Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow, interesting. All right, so just to recap our shows of the week, Andrew went for Gold Diggers. I went for No Escape, Gold Diggers on the ABC and iView. No Escape coming uh, not till July 9 on Paramount+. Plus. We also looked at Hijack, which we both really enjoyed. A lot of episodes now available on Apple TV+. Plus. Look, this has been the TV Gold Podcast. You can get in touch with us. Send an email to comments at tvgold.au. Just quickly, Andrew, what are you going to write about this week in your Media Week column? Uh, yeah, I'll probably write about uh, some more about gold diggers and also talk about some of the stuff coming on free-to-air TV next week. I don't know. I feel like it's eating itself sometimes. Uh, two new series about dogs and another reality series heavily based on a already successful reality series it's just it's just really concerning me that it's not that tv's run out of ideas it's the fact that they're everyone's copying each other's but just adding a little twist and the audience isn't buying it so yeah i'll write about that yeah all right good stuff you can read andrew's column mercado on tv fridays on the media week website it also goes out in our media week report email thank you andrew we'll be back again next week thank you james have a great week